I love that graphic. <clears throat> Sid, leave that up for a second. One body, one city, one bride, one king, one church. Amen? So true. And I think we get sometimes a little too wrapped up in theological differences between all the different churches and all the things going on. But God's heart truly is for unity within the body of Christ. It's all throughout Paul's letters. You can read it all through the New Testament. It happens over and over and over again. So we're going to actually live it out. We're going to do it. Instead of reading about it and talking about it, sometimes we have to take some action on it. Amen? And so we're going to take some action, and we're going to be bold enough to put a sign on our door and says, let's go join up at another church, uh, and we're going to do one big church service together. Uh, and I think that's taking a step of faith that God is moving uh, in our area. Amen? How many noticed a few things when they came in today? Anybody notice anything? Well, there's two things I'd like to point out. Uh, number one, we've got some new signs on campus. I don't know if you saw those or not, but when you came in, uh, we partnered with Leadership Christian Academy, which is the fantastic school that resides here. We got 115 students uh, coming this year, and it's just an amazing academy. Five of our kids go there as well, and it's, they're doing such a great job. But if you'd noticed, there was nowhere at the main entrance that it said Leadership Christian Academy. It, like, you didn't know it existed here. You could see it on a sign down on the property, but where is Leadership Christian Academy? And so we partnered with the school. Uh, we kind of split the cost and said, you know what? It's time to get Leadership Christian Academy posted on our main sign. And so we took the opportunity to redesign the sign. It's no longer blue, uh, but it kind of matches with the building. So the main sign out there got changed. Some of our directional signs <clears throat> and the sign above the main entrance also got changed and everything matches and coordinates. So we're really excited about that. And then how many of you noticed a couple shoe boxes on your way in? That's probably what you thought I was going to say. Probably you've driven here so many times you drove right by the sign and probably didn't notice it. That's what happens, right? However, I noticed it because we were part of designing the new sign. But those shoe boxes, so let me say a couple things. This is for Operation Christmas Child. Uh, the, this church, as a church family, again as a family, we pack 360 boxes for children all over the world that not only, and I told my kids, we came to the packing party yesterday, I said, kids, you have to realize you're putting soap, pencils, a water bottle, socks. These are things that these children do not have. And we are going to bless them with that and show them the practical love of Jesus and then be able to present the gospel message, not us personally, but the OCC, Operation Christmas Child. And so I want to say thank you to the team. I'm not sure any of the team members are here today, uh, but thank you to the team who worked all year long coordinating, purchasing, gathering, counting, preparing so that some of us could come to a packing party and feel super excited to be a part of something. But those ladies really did the majority of the work throughout the year, so we just want to say thank you to them, give them a hand. Maybe they're watching online. <clears throat> Maybe they're resting from activities this weekend and packing those. Uh, and what I want to do is, in a minute here, I want to pray over those boxes as well. Uh, we prayed over them yesterday, but I want to pray and just envision 360 young kids who've never heard the gospel, who don't even have socks to wear, that they will receive these boxes and change their life forever for the Lord. Amen? And then as, as I pray here in a minute, I also want to pray over the elections. How many of you guys know that Tuesday is election day? 
Uh, it's actually the second Tuesday in November, only because the first Tuesday in November was the first. Okay, so don't be confused. You didn't miss it. It's going to be November 8th, which is a Tuesday. Uh, we do have voter guides in the lobby uh, that kind of answer some critical questions uh, that we think are important. And so those are in the lobby on the column right there. Uh, if you want to pick those up on the way out, uh, they're mostly based on, oh, they're all Pennsylvania State uh, elections, so the governor, governor's election, as well as the U.S. Senate, uh, and then the U.S. representatives is up, and then a couple local races as well for the PA Assembly and PA Senate, I think, are both, maybe one or, one or both of those are happening uh, on Tuesday. So again, just please go out and vote, uh, pray. Let the Lord lead, and if you need some voter guides to help you guide your way, uh, they're out there as well. Okay, so uh, one scripture I have for us out of Genesis 14. I want to pray, then pray for our offering. It says, Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God most high. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of God most high possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And as I read it, it just what popped out to me is that really giving and offering is an act of worship, guys. It's an act of worship. That's why we say you want to continue to worship the Lord with our giving. We say that phrase or that wording for a purpose because giving is an act of worship. We don't have to give it. God commands us to do it, but we still have a choice, do we not? We have a choice whether or not to give. And we know all the other verses, it's you know, more blessed to give than to receive. And God loves a choif, uh, joyful giver and all those verses. But here it's just understanding that giving is an act of worship. And that we acknowledge when we give and we worship him that he is our provider. He is the Jehovah Jireh. He is provider. Not my job, not my boss. Not the government, not anything else, but him and him alone. He is our provider. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just come before you, Lord. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for blessing this church, Lord, with some new landscaping recently, some new signs, Father God, that you are the trees that we've got planted, Lord, that you are just bringing life, 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 a new thing to this church, Father God, and this campus and this school. Father, we just lift them all up to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it, Lord. Father, we just pray a blessing over these elections coming up, Lord. Father, that, Lord, your will will be done, and we know that, Lord. So we just pray, Father God, for every leader, every election, Father God, we bring it before you. Father, we say have your will, Lord. And, Lord, we just know how important these elections are to your heart as well, Lord. So we just pray and have a special blessing over this Tuesday, Lord. And Father, we just lift up these boxes to you. 360 children that you made, your precious, beautiful creations. Father, we send these boxes out. We send them out. We impart upon them. We commission them, Father God, to do the work in which they were intended to do. Lord, that you would reach the specific person, that every box, you know already which child, where they're at, what they're doing at this moment, who is going to receive that box. And Father, that as they receive it, as they understand and see joy of the Lord, as they understand and see that you love them and care for them, and as they hear the gospel message, Lord, that their hearts will turn to you. 
Lord, that the reports will come back that many, many, many will be saved through this ministry, through these boxes in particular, Lord, and all the boxes that are going out from all churches all around the world, Lord. We just pray a blessing over them today. Father, we just pray a blessing over every gift, every giver, over our tithes and our offerings today, Lord, and that you would bless this message, that we would hear and understand you more today. In your precious name we pray. Amen? Amen. Okay, guys, we are in a series called The Believer's Authority. Um, and as I was uh, talking to Pastor Andy a little bit, and actually, Doug, you sent a note out this morning uh, to the softball team, uh, the men. It seems as though this topic is what the Lord wants to speak on all across his church. And it excites me that the Lord spoke to us as a leadership team and said, here's what I want you to, to talk about and share with. But it's not just us. It's not just Erie Christian Fellowship Church. It's churches all across America and the world. God is really speaking this so we can understand this. And the only reason why I can think is, one, God is he's awesome and he's amazing. He wants his church to be unified and with one message across the globe. <clears throat> so that's excellent. But two... I believe he's reminding us of these truths because we need to operate in them. And that we're in a time and a place and a season and a life and a city and everything that he is calling upon his believers to step up in the authority in which he has given them to operate in and to take the authority over things that are happening in their families, in their lives, in their workplaces, in their cities, in their churches, and everywhere that they go. And I can imagine, I always think of God's kingdom as like this army. There's a lot of different analogies you can use. But imagine, imagine if millions and millions and millions and millions of Christians were walking around in the authority that God has given them. Do you think for a moment that the demons could hold on any longer and have strongholds and have chains any longer? I believe not. Because there's power in the name of Jesus. And there's power in unity. And there's power when we operate together. And you say, I don't understand how one plus one equals more than that. When we operate in the kingdom, well, it does. When God brings together and God unifies, these, he is a multiplying God, not an addition God. He's a multiplying God. And I just believe that as we gather together, and as we, as Erie Christian Fellowship Church and this church family, learns about this and begins to operate more in it and other churches around, we just begin to move heaven and earth with God's authority that he's given us. Amen? Amen. So key scripture here, I want to talk about this for a moment. <clears throat> and then I want to pick up where we left off. If you remember last week, I said we have seven questions that we need to ask in our own lives if it seems... Like when we use the name of Jesus and we said it, we spoke it, that something seemed to not happen immediately in the physical realm. And I think it's important that we can look through the Bible and see and understand there is reasons why, we, you know, you can't just, look, last night, I'm a Philadelphia Phillies fan. Everyone said, oh, they lost the World Series last night. You know, I couldn't stand up and say, in the name of Jesus, the Philadelphia Phillies are going to win game six tonight. And it was like, like, I wanted to, 
but it was like, hey, Jason, you know, what about, this, what about the message series you're doing? You know, that's not in the word of God. It didn't say that the Philadelphia Phillies were going to win the World Series in 2022. So I can't stand there and claim in the name of Jesus that the World Series was going to be won by the Philadelphia Phillies. I wanted to, but I didn't. Well, it didn't happen either. So, there's, you know, uh, there's no correlation there, okay? Because it's not in the Word of God. And so we begin to start at what are the things we have to look out for or questions we have to ask. But here's the base scripture that we're on. Mark 16, verse 70. And these signs will follow those who believe. These signs. The five signs I'm going to talk about. They, are, they should be following us wherever we go. In our workplaces, in our homes, in our relationships, in our families, everywhere that we go, in the grocery store. These signs should be following us. It says this. In my name, they will cast out demons. I know you're all looking, somebody says, I'm really looking forward to the message in the series when you tell us exactly how to cast out demons. Well, I can tell you it's actually not all that complicated, <clears throat> but I'll make a message out of it for you all, and I'll talk about it a little bit. It's actually not all that hard, okay, been there, done that, and it's an amazing thing, but we'll go through that. So uh, in them I name, they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues. Church, how many of you know that our fleshly tongue is not the tongue that we need to be using in this day ever, but in this day and age. The Bible says that there is power in what we speak. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and I'm choosing life in the power of the tongue to those things that need to have life brought to them. And actually, there are some things that need to die and need to go in the name of Jesus, and we will speak those as well. Verse 18 says, and they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. Talking about danger, both naturally and accidental in this world. We'll get to those in a, in a future time. And it says, and they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Come on, church. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. I don't know about you, and, and actually the nurses and doctors in this room would probably agree with me, is the medical system is not our hope and savior. And as we move closer and closer, Lori, sorry, as we move closer and closer to these end times and Jesus is returning, it's going to be more and more chaotic. And we cannot put our hope and our faith and our trust in the medical system. And there's going to be times where you can't get to the hospital. There's all kinds of stuff. We don't know what's going to happen. But these signs will follow us. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So I'm looking forward to that following me everywhere that I go. Amen? Amen. So what is authority? So what's a believer? I just want, we'll just review these real quick. Anyone who holds a strong and I put in parentheses here, unwavering belief in the truth of something. So those who believe in Jesus, you have a strong, unwavering belief that Jesus Christ came in the flesh, walked on this earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross for your sins, and defeated the grave on the third day and rose again. You believe that. You believe it so much 
You're staking your future on it, right? Somebody says, as you know where you'll go, you know, if you would die today. And those who believe say, I absolutely know where I would go if something happened to me today. I know that I'll go to heaven. And if you're sitting here today and you're like, well, I'm like 96% sure, then you do not have yet an unwavering belief that Jesus Christ came and died for your sins. And don't you leave here today without coming and talking to somebody and saying, I, I have some doubt and unbelief. I, I don't want that anymore. I have to remove that. And a lot of times it's our thoughts and our thinking and our logic. And I was talking with Becky, you know, we put God in this box and we say, well, how is that possible? And I don't understand death and cremation and how is God going to raise these bodies up and I just can't get it in my head. I don't understand. Stop trying to put them in a box. Stop trying to think in your own carnal mind how Jesus' return and how the people who are dead are going to rise with Christ and they're going to be floating in the air and I don't understand. And what about the clouds? I mean, we do. We get ourselves wrapped up in trying to figure it all out. But the believing is unwavering belief. I may have a thought that says, I don't quite know. There's unwavering belief that he is who he says he is and he'll do what he says he will do. You believe in that truth. And the believer's authority, in order to take the authority and use it and operate in it, you have to believe unwaveringly that this is an authority that God has given you and operate to operate in. And authority is this delegated power, the right to command and enforce obedience. We talked about the police officer last week. <clears throat> and then power is defined as the ability to act or produce strength. And so what I really felt is before Breakthrough Weekend, which, you know, we'll take a one-week break from this series, I just felt that I had to talk to you guys about what happens when we say the name of Jesus and what we say and speak over doesn't happen in the physical realm immediately. Because how many of you know if you've been alive forever, you know, at any moment of time, whether it's a few days or as it being a Christian, you know that when you pray and you say in the name of Jesus, that thing doesn't always happen absolutely immediately. You're like, well, I, I took authority and I said the name of Jesus and it was scriptural and I said it, but it didn't see it happen right away. What is going on? Well, first, I want to tell you what I said last week is when we use the name of Jesus and we understand and believe the power and the authority behind it, it is working. Okay? It is working. God is moving. And even when we don't see it, he's working. Even when we don't feel it, he's working. But if you look at, like, Paul's life in the Bible, he had a thorn in the flesh. He had issues. He was put in prison. He was beaten. He was shipwrecked. He didn't walk around with a life saying, in the name of Jesus, whoop. In the name of Jesus, the ship's not going to get ready. In the name of... No, he didn't... I mean, it wasn't working that way. And how many of you know life doesn't work that way? You can't just walk around and in the name of Jesus, everything that you want to see happen your way and expect that it just happens. Oh, look at that. Well, here was another super easy day in my life. I just said the word in the name of Jesus every single time I opened my mouth and everything worked out perfectly all the time. My wife and I, we didn't even get into an argument or a fight today. It was wonderful. But that's not life. The Bible says, the Bible says, in this world you will have trouble. And at the end of that verse, it doesn't say, unless you use the name of Jesus. 
It says, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have come and overcome the world. So we have to continue to put our eyes on Jesus, use the name of Jesus, believe that it is working, but we may not see it operate immediately. And we have to begin to ask ourselves these questions. Why? Why not? So we started looking at these questions last week. And I will just recap for those who weren't here. There are seven questions to ask when it seems like nothing happened in the physical realm. Seven questions that. And the goal is, as you ask yourself these questions, you need to be able to say, can I say no to every one of these? Okay? The answer you want for all of these is no. Okay? And that's kind of the goal of what we're going to do. So the first question we challenged last week was, does it go against the word of God? Does it go against the word of God? So are you in the name of Jesus saying, the, the World Series Game 6, right? I mean, it's a silly example. We use about, like you're talking about your boss last week or whatever. All these things that we want to say, we want to do, but is it backed by the Scripture? Is it backed by, because God can't go against himself, so you can't, in the name of Jesus, I want a million dollars in my bank account tomorrow, and then be frustrated when you check your bank account and it's not there. Because in the Bible, it doesn't say you get to, in the name of Jesus, a million dollars in your bank account tomorrow. It says he will provide for every need. He will take care of you. You don't have to worry. That's what it says. And so those are the scriptures that we base upon when we use the name of Jesus. And so I wanted to, I'm going to walk through these questions as I am personally dealing with something. And I'll share it with you. Um, I shared it a little bit last week. I'm going to walk through these questions as I do it. Is I've been challenged recently with sleep apnea. And I had it a while back. It went away for a long time. And it recently started coming back again. And I was kind of a little bit taken back by it. I was frustrated by it. And if you remember last week, it came upon me. And I said, in the name of Jesus... Sleep apnea, you have to go. In peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. And I quoted the scripture, and it went away. Well, guess what happened two nights ago and last night? Attack. Attack, attack, attack. I could barely fall asleep last night. I was up to whatever time, because if you've ever dealt with something like this, when you fall asleep and you wake up suddenly without being able to breathe... Like, that's not fun. That's not cool. Like, I was not happy with that. And, I, you know, I heard my first thought was, but I said in the name of Jesus, what's going on? Right? Well, why did it come back? What is going on? What's happening? And so the Lord was just like, well, you have seven questions. Why don't you start walking through them and asking yourself, what's going on? What is happening here? So the first one I had asked myself was, does it go against the word of God? And my answer was, no, it doesn't. God wants me to sleep well. And there's a lot of scriptures that say so. And so I'm going to read those out. I'm going to base it off of those things. Yes. Okay. Is there any doubt and unbelief present? This was the second question. Is there any doubt and unbelief present in my heart? And we dug into this one quite deeply last week, and I'm not going to rehash the whole thing. 
But we talked about being double-minded and understanding, like, hey, I be- on the unwavering part of being a believer's in the believer's authority. Is there any bit of doubt or unbelief in my heart that when I use the name of Jesus and I speak something, do I really, really believe that God is going to do that? And how many of you know, you know, <laughs> you know whether or not you really believe or not, right? There are situations I've been in when, you know, I say, you know, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will take this fever away from Ruby in Jesus' name. And in my heart, I actually didn't believe that it was going to happen that, that, like that. And guess what? It didn't, it didn't happen like that. I mean, it happened exactly the way I was actually believing. And so in my heart, we have to ask ourselves, is there any, any doubt or unbelief? And you just can't say, oh, no, I have no doubt. You have to search your heart. You have to get before the Lord and say, Lord, do I have any doubt and unbelief in my heart regarding this situation? And you want to be able to say no, but it's actually harder than you think. And how do we build our faith? By hearing and hearing the word of God. We have to build our faith so that when the waves come and the doctor's report comes and the situation comes and the bank account looks the way it looks, you have to stand in belief, not unwavering, knowing that Jesus is moving and he is working even if I don't see it and even if I don't feel it. And when we begin to doubt and we have unbelief, we're actually stopping the ability for in the name of Jesus to be able to operate in its full authority. Okay, that was last week. Then the last one we talked about last week, uh, and then just as a keynote, you know if you believe or not, by you have to ask yourself some questions. You listen to yourself. What are the words that are coming out of my mouth? Listen to the words that are coming out of my mouth. You know whether you believe or not by how you speak and what you say. And I'll tell you, last night, I was begging the Lord to take the sleep apnea away, and I knew in my heart I actually didn't believe that he was going to take it away that evening right away. Because I started begging him, oh, Lord, I don't know if you heard me or not, Ben. I was sitting there going, oh, Lord, please, (laughs) Jesus, God, please. We've done that. We've all done that. It's okay to cry out to the Lord, but you can't stay there. Church, you can't stay there. You have, to, you have to say, Lord, I don't believe at the moment fully and 100%. Help me to get there, Lord. Help me to get there, Jesus. I need to read scriptures on it more. I need to get in the word. I need to speak and pray in my prayer language. I need to speak in tongues over the situation. Because a lot of times you don't know what to say. You don't know why you're not believing, but you have a sense that you don't believe. And you have to begin to use your prayer language, which edifies you, builds you up, and speaks what the Spirit wants to say, and wants to happen at the moment. Okay. Is there a lack of love and compassion was the last one we looked at last week. And Pastor Andy did a great job on, his, on the two messages he gave regarding this. But basically what he said, that awakened love awakens the believer's authority. And so we have to operate and walk in love and compassion for others and also for ourselves. Come on, church. Also for ourselves to see the full operation of the believer's authority in our life. This works in our own life. and you've, you've heard it before. There's research that bitterness, unforgiveness, all these are actually healing blockers in your own life. 
And I think my point here is, is if you are walking in bitterness and unforgiveness and God wants to deal with that in your life, you can't just in the name of Jesus something out of the way. Come on, church. When God, and we're going to get into this a little bit more. When God wants to deal and do something in your life and he wants to pull back some onion layers and get into some of the real stinky stuff in our life, you can't just in the name of Jesus something away because he wants to do something deeper. He doesn't want you to walk in bitterness and unforgiveness anymore. Okay, so that's that, that question. Is there a lack of love and compassion? All right, the new first question for today, this would be question number four. Is there a lack of patience? Come on, guys. I said in the name of Jesus two seconds ago and nothing happened. See, told you. Yep, told you. I knew it. So you're already walking in doubt and unbelief. Right? And it says, the Bible says in Romans 12, 12 says, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. This is Paul writing. Paul didn't just, in the name of Jesus, every problem away immediately in his life. He told us to be patient in the tribulation. Oh. But I don't want it anymore. I want it to go. Well, he's working and doing something that we, don't, we can't grasp just yet, but he's working on it. It says in 1 Timothy 6, now godliness with contentment is great gain. You mean I got to be content in my circumstance? Yeah, you can be upset and be like, come on, this is not right. This is, these are forces that I'm speaking against. But it says for us to be content. And then we get great gain. For we brought nothing into this world and it's certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing and all these things, we shall be content. What does great gain look like to me? Barns overflowing, healing happening, a testimony we can share. That's the great gain. That's great gain in our lives. But he says to be content as the Lord is moving and working and doing how he wants to do it. We don't get to choose how God is going to fix our problem. Come on, church. We think we want it fixed. Well, we want it done right away, right? This question is, is, is there a lack of patience? You'd want to answer no to it. But in many times in our life, there is lack of patience. In, this, in the Western world where we live in, like, we are not patient about anything. Like, nothing. My channel, when I was flipping on Thursday nights, World Series game was on and the Eagles game was on. When I would flip channels back and forth, it was like a half a second delay. It's like, I'm like, are you kidding me? Why is it moving so slow? I don't even understand. I want to be able to click, immediately see that game. Ooh, okay, he's batting. I'm going to go back to the football game. There's a play. I'm going to go back to the baseball game and watch this thing. And like, I want to be able to go like this. I mean, I want these games to be moving back and forth, back and forth. I don't have picture in picture. I couldn't watch them both at the same time. Okay. I, honest to goodness, was frustrated. And the Lord was like, wow. <laughs> Patience, anyone? Right? But we, I mean, it's just like, man, it's like in, when we, we have a situation in our life, and if it doesn't get resolved like hot tail immediately, right now, we're like, oh, is God even real? <laughs> Honestly. Does he even love me at all? Like we do, we get these things like, is there a lack of patience? I have it. 
Last night in the sleep apnea, I was like, I was like, unbelievable, unbelievable. I'm supposed to preach tomorrow morning, and I can't even fall asleep without losing my breath. I'm like, this was my hard attitude, guys, last night. And we all have these things that happen in our life, right? And we're just like, what is going on? What is happening in my life? And we just, we, we church, we give up too soon. It kind of goes back to this doubt and unbelief. It's like we, we, we don't really, when we don't see it work right away, and we don't have the patience for it, we begin to doubt, like the psh. You know, always happens to me, right? You know, I mean, you have to watch those words, right? If you walk around and say, oh, I knew that was going to happen. It always happens to me. Like, you're not walking in this belief and in the patience that the Lord is moving and working, loves you, and is working on your behalf. So don't give up too soon. The next question. I have no idea what number. I think number five. Am I on number five? Okay. Is this really the devil? Yeah, I got a couple ouches. I got, this was an ouch for me too, right? Because if you look at that last scripture, we said that we, we looked at this line, we have power over all the power of the enemy. And I think sometimes in our life, we assign things to the devil that's just a flat out consequence of sin in our own life. Come on, guys. This happens in our own life. We live in a fallen world. We have all the power over the devil but guess what? When we walk in sin and there's consequences to our sin, we don't get to just, in the name of Jesus, all the consequences away. That wasn't the devil. It was you. It was your flesh. You're not possessed by the devil. You decided to do that. You decided to act that way. You decided to treat your spouse that way. And guess what? You're in a fight. In the name of Jesus, I command this fight to stop. You started it with your stupid words. You don't get to, in the name of Jesus, the sin away. Right? And you can pray and you can pray the Lord. You humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. There's things we have to go do, but we, as the church, we put too much, we give this dude too much credit. Oh, it's the devil. Oh, it's the devil made me do it. It's the devil, maybe. And granted, there are situations and times that we'll look at the demon possession and, and oppression and how to work through that and get that out of our lives because it can happen even to Christians. Don't panic. We'll get through all that. It's going to be okay, okay? But what I'm saying is, is we, we give the devil too much credit for stuff. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The wages of sin is death. Not Satan, it's the wages of our own sin that causes death. So not everything is Satan all the time. Bad weather happens. Right? And we have situations, and Rich has a testament, I have testimony, and there are certain situations in which the Lord is moving and working, and the Holy Spirit calls upon us to change a weather pattern for a certain reason, and honest to goodness, God does it. He does it. Ask Camille. I mean, she's seen it happen lots of times. But it doesn't mean you all can stand up and say, in the name of Jesus, Hurricane Ian's not going to hit Florida. It did. There are many people praying that it did. You say, well, why not? Well, guys, we live in a fallen world. And there are storms that happen and bad things do happen in this world because of sin and because it's a fallen world. And it just makes us say, I can't wait till Jesus comes back. I can't wait till Jesus comes back. 
But if we have all the power over the enemy, there are things, though, in this natural world in which we live in that we just can't, in the name of Jesus, them away. Just like that. You know, I heard a funny uh, comedian one time, and this is, I think this is a, a great way to end this portion of it, is he said, he was, he was doing his stand-up, he said, Lord, in the name of Jesus, take this Cheeto and turn it into a carrot as I put it into my mouth. And may it have the same nutrition as a carrot as I swallow this yummy Cheeto into my stomach. In Jesus' name. Guys, you can't eat a billion Cheetos and eat no carrots and then ask yourself why you're not feeling very well. In the name of Jesus, I command this stomach ache to go. Well, what did you have for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? You're like, well, I had Cheetos for breakfast and Cheetos for lunch and Cheetos for dinner. So I don't understand why my stomach is, is upset. Come on, right? We do this to ourselves. That wasn't the devil. That was you eating the Cheetos. You did it. You did it. I did it, right? And so I asked myself the question on the sleep apnea thing. I say, Lord, is there something I need to change? Is there something I'm doing? Am I eating something that I shouldn't be eating before bed? Am I drinking something I shouldn't be drinking? What is, ha- is there anything, Lord, that I'm doing It may not be a demon trying to get me not to sleep. Maybe it's just something I'm eating. And there's a pattern that every time I do it, I'm having a sleep down here. So ask the Lord that question last night. I don't have an answer yet. But I'm working on it. I'm going to have victory on this thing in Jesus' name. And he's leading me in the process of it. I wish everything just was done. But it's not always that way. So is it really the devil? we got to ask that question. The next one, number six. Is the Lord requiring something more from me? Mm. What do I mean by this? Sometimes, even though Jesus' disciples had power over all the enemy, they tried to cast a demon out, and it didn't come out. And Jesus explained to them, why not? He said, one, you don't have total, complete belief. But in this case, something more was required. Look at Matthew 17, verse 19. I'm going to read 19 through 20. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast this one out? What happened? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. So first of all, he addresses, they have some unbelief still. So that was part of the problem. But assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. So Jesus addresses right away, there's some doubt and unbelief. He says, however, this one, this kind, this one, does not go out except by prayer and fasting. What is prayer and fasting? Seeking the Lord, getting in front of the Lord, doing the spiritual disciplines of abstinence, saying, Lord, I'm putting everything aside, I'm putting my flesh aside, because sometimes the Lord wants to do something different in you. He's working on something in you. And he's saying he's requiring something more from you, from me. 
Meaning, hey, you know, I, I said in the name of Jesus and this thing didn't work or operate. Lord, are you asking me to do something deeper and more with you? Are you asking me to get on my knees before you? Are you asking me to fast, to put something aside, to say, Lord, I want to go deeper with you? Because guess what? He wants you to go deeper with him. He'd rather have you do that than fix your problem immediately. Come on. He would rather have you be praying and fasting and digging into his word and who he is and learning more about him than just fixing your problem just like that. Boom. There you go. You're not going to grow that way, guys. You don't, there's no growth in that. Fixing all of your problems right away doesn't provide growth. But seeking him, prayer, fasting, deeper with him. So we have to ask ourselves that question. Lord, do you, are you requiring something more of me in this situation? And then the last one here, Jake, if you want to come up, is the Holy Spirit working in a different way? And it's something we have to ask and rest, rest in and ask the Lord, are you, Holy Spirit, are you working in a different way? Because we've said over and over and over again that the goal is hope. And here's what I'm learning is God, and Pastor Liz and I have talked about this quite a bit, God doesn't just change who you are like that to fix a circumstance in your life. He wants to use who you are. The situations and the circumstances, how bad they might have been, and the issues you had in your life growing up, he wants to be able to use those and mold those into a testimony. He doesn't want you just have to be able to forget about them and, and like it never happened. It's no, it's no big deal. It doesn't affect me at all. I'm totally good. He wants the goal to be whole, but he's doing a work on the inside of you. And the Holy Spirit has a plan and a purpose. Look, the Holy Spirit is this. It says that he will guide you in all truth. Look at John 14. Verse 26 says, but the helper, he's our helper. Through all the circumstances, through all the trials, through all the tribulations, whatever's happening, he's the helper. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. About yourself, about the situation, about the circumstance. If he's going to teach me all things, it means he doesn't just fix everything right away. He's going to show me what's going on in the situation. He's going to point out a lie that I've been believing for decades in my life. And he wants me to stop believing that lie and he wants to remove that lie. He wants to bring healing and wholeness into my life. And that's his ultimate goal. That's what he wants to go do. Not just fix your problems right away. The true problem is not the circumstance in which you're in. The true problem many times is a heart issue that he wants to restore and make whole to bring true health, wholeness, and healing in our lives. So is the Holy Spirit working in a different way? Bow your heads with me this morning. Lord, we thank you, thank you, thank you. for who you are, for what you've done, and that you love us. Lord, and even though it's hard, we thank you that you love us so much that you won't fix all of our problems immediately because you truly want us to be healthy and whole so that we can be just more effective in your kingdom, to have a testimony 
to share with others. And Lord, as we go about our lives and our days, our weeks, our months, Lord, that we would remember these questions, that we would ask these questions, but that we wouldn't for a second, wouldn't for a second believe that you are not with us, you are not for us, that you do not, that you are always there, and that you love us, and that you care for us. And Lord, reveal to us situations and circumstances as to the reasons why something isn't happening as fast or in the way that we thought it would, in the way that we want it to, or even in the way that we feel like we need it to. Lord, that we would trust you, that we would trust in how you are resolving the situation. Now, Lord, when we use the name of Jesus and we stand in our believer's authority, you are moving. You are working. And it may not be exactly the way we wanted it or thought it was going to turn out, Lord, but you are working on our behalf because you love us, because you care about us. Lord, we know that your goal is whole. And we thank you that that is what you want in our lives. Father, if there are lies that we're believing, that you would reveal those to us through your Holy Spirit. If there is sin in our life that's creating a circumstance or a consequence, Lord, that you would reveal that to us. You would show it to us. And that in the name of Jesus, you would help us break that sin and that bondage. And Lord, that those lies that we've been believing for weeks and months and years, that we begin to see that they truly are from the enemy. And they do not line up with your word and what you have said and spoken over us. And those lies that we're not good enough, we're not strong enough, we're not capable enough, that we would begin to believe those because that's in our own strength, Lord, but that we would remember that because of you, we are strong enough. Because of you, we are capable. Because of you, we are able to do what you've called us to do. Father, I speak a blessing on every marriage in this place today. Over every child in this place today. Over every grandparent, every aunt, every uncle. Over this family of God, we pray a blessing today. In your precious name. Amen. If you will look up here. <clears throat> I'm going to speak what I've done over you guys for the past every week of this series. I'm going to do it again today. So I want you to just be in complete agreement with this. Can we do that this morning? Here we go. Satan, in the name of Jesus, I bind you. For it is written that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And because you are bound, Satan, 
you and all your demonic forces may not come against this church, this people, these families. You are bound away from us and our families. We are covered and we are cleansed with the blood of Jesus. And Satan, you may not steal, you may not kill, you may not destroy our property, our families, and our relationships in Jesus' name. And I remind you, Satan, this morning, as I remind you every day that you are defeated and that I and we and all of us are victorious in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. I have some prayer leaders that are going to come up here. They'll be able to pray with you for any situation, circumstance, healing, whatever it is. As they come up, I just want to read this benediction over you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen and amen. You guys are dismissed, and I will see you all next Sunday, not here, but over there, First Assembly. Okay, have a good week.